Listening Dog Media. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The hot mess mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the hot mess mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our hot mess mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It's the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Jenny Powell. And we are honoured and so excited. Please, will you welcome? She needs no introduction, even though we're giving her one. <laughs> it's Kerry Katona. We're back for another year of the Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. We've got some exciting plans for 2021 and we can't wait to share them with you. Head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20 for 20% off. The Hot Mess Mums. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. You had your 40th in lockdown, didn't you? I did. And what a decade. So we can talk about your 40th, what you did, and then looking back, I thought, because I'd love that. Looking back on when we first met. Yeah. I cannot escape, I cannot forget. (laughs) (laughs) You You can make me whole again. (laughs) What was it like turning 40? So I turn 40 next year, and I think, I feel a bit like for the last six months or so, even thinking about it, I I feel like I've been having some kind of midlife crisis, if I'm honest. (laughs) Which is, I I feel bad saying that. I actually wrote about Jenny in my column. Uh, yes, yeah. we, we yeah. did. We shared. That. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thanks. I yeah. think one that. of the topics was about how you got mistaken with your daughter, and I am the same with my seventeen-year-old Lily. Touch wood. I've been blessed with really good skin. I, I've got a baby face. The amount of stuff I shoved up my nose all those years ago, and I drank. You, you'd I, never I, tell. I've been yeah. really blessed that I, I, I still think I look quite young. You and do. the fact that I've got a toy boy who's eight years younger than me. Love it. Got, you know, I've got a soul back at the minute and I'm walking that way. I've got cold in my hips and everything. I thought, oh my God, is this what happens when you turn? Oh, I thought, oh, you, had a, I thought you had a soul back because you just said you got a toy boy and you've been happy oh, all night. I... <laughs> I was oh, like, already? So back. Oh. It's hard with all these kids in this house. Oh. I was going to say, yeah, how does that work? How does the old jiggy jiggy work when you've got five of these? You know, there's only some time, you, you know, you can tell them to go and watch Scooby-Doo on a Sunday afternoon like once, and then what? Well, the thing is, my DJ, my youngest, right, but God love her, she lost her daddy last year, so I've proper model coddle DJ. It's my own fault. She gets in bed with us, and we've had to say to her, like, I've had to make her bedroom that little bit special, and I've got a big bolt on my door now. Yes! Yes! yes. So I did embarrassed her last night. I said, let DJ sleep with you. I said, oh, I'll leave this door open, you'll hear me having sex. 
It's so true. I wasn't in, y'all went to bed. See, Martin <laughs> keeps saying to me, will you put a lock on that door, Jenny? I'm like, don't be so daft. Yeah. Children never I'm, hear all that. Honestly, they don't. And then I'd be mortified if my kids heard me. But you know what? Mortified. They must do. I, I, I had um, Pollyanna. She's twelve now, and yeah. um, she's my like, mum used to call me Pollyanna when I was a kid. Come on, Pollyanna. Pollyanna. Well, you know, <laughs> but Sorry, you, Pollyanna's a good. Um, Pollyanna's a great name because it comes Love from it. that movie about the girl who made everyone happy. So that's probably why your mum did that because you are yeah. a you're just a ray of sunshine, as Aww. you well know, Carrie. You are. Oh, you just you. straight away you just exude it positivity <laughs> and you're so likable and that's why you've got such a great fan base, I think, and people oh, are very well, loyal to be, you. You've yeah. got to be. I think. I think. Not blowing smoke up my own bottom. I don't know how much there <laughs> on this podcast. Um, for me, I think. Um, Humour's always been my defence mechanism. Being an only child, not knowing my dad, four sets of foster parents, free refuges, watching my mum slit a race and taking drugs from the age of 14 with my own mother. Um, I've never known any different, really. So what? the one thing I, I will say about myself, you can knock me down, but you won't keep me down. But there have been times in my life, and if it wasn't for my kids, I probably would have done something stupid to myself. And I'm very open and honest about that. When I was doing the drugs and I was doing whatever I was doing, and it, was, it, was, it was more of the fact that I wanted something bad to happen to me because I wasn't coping with the press, with people selling stories. I, I, I didn't know how to get out of it. But the one thing that I've learned about situations is like you know for many years it was Brian's fault for leaving me it was my mum's fault for my childhood it was the accountant's fault for stealing all my money he went to prison but I never got any of it back and I went into bankruptcy it was Mark Cross fault for constantly giving me all this all these drugs and my bipolar medication and ripping me off I hated every the world owed me a favor that I had to own it I had to take responsibility. I had to say, you know, no one shoved. No one made me put that stuff up my nose. I trusted the wrong people. I have to accept it. And I've had to send out a lot of love and energy to be able to move on. You're driving your car, you've got your big windscreen, and then you've got this little rear view mirror. And that this big, this big window you're looking through, that's your future. But for so long, that's I was stuck in my past. I was just constantly looking at the past. It's nice to glimpse every now and then at your past to see how far you've come. But you've just, you've got to move on, accept it. And, um, you know, if you've got to share your story and help others, I think. I think well, it's amazing. Yeah, in your 40s now, so you're set up. It looks to me yeah. you've never been happier. You look, you look like you're sorted. You're leveled out. Mm. You've set your stall out for this. Now, my friend Caroline, she's from Warrington, and that's why I, I chuckle because she goes, "Jenny, set your stall out." And I'm like, "Oh, it, it's she a, always it's says, a, I'm telling you now, set your bloody stall out." Uh, she's always like that. She's always telling me what to do. She's very wise, and she, yeah, you remind me of her because is she she's got the gorgeous looking as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same. Those Warrington girls, Mr. Smith's has got a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> but I forgot to say so what did you do on your 40th on my 40th what did I do oh we went to Spain oh wow we went, we went to Spain uh, me Ryan and uh, all the children just just us and uh, mm. we all know I love a good a good proposal so I got engaged <gasps> bowling oh, yeah. again again and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah we went and then on my actual 40th because we was in um 
quarantine when we got back uh ryan got in touch with a restaurant and got us and got lobster delivered to us and we had a bottle of champagne and just sat in the living room and the kids tied it up for me and see age bothers me what it is with age turning 40 i know i'm getting closer to dying <laughs> does that does that yeah it does I think about it all the time I think and then when yeah. I get to 50 I've got less than half yeah. the time I've lived my it husband's 52 I know me too me too it and really my, does it gives me anxiety it's it? terrible it can you can lie awake thinking about it my husband's 52 and he's fine with it most of the time he can't you know, like, like, do you know what I mean yeah it's fine that's all right but for the rest of us <laughs> for the rest of us he's like I know. No, I think no. You look fabulous for forty, though. You do, oh, you and do. You don't look forty. And I love oh, all this filter-free no. thing, you know, because never you're the real it. deal. Never ever use I think a you're the real deal. Because um, never use uh, a filter. <laughs> I mean, I know if I do a photo shoot, they might touch it up a bit and stuff. But on my Instagram, this is a thing with Instagram as well. The one thing that people don't do, I always feel it's like keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? You know, yeah. people only show you what they want you to see, and I get that and I understand it. But I feel like somebody like me who has a platform that if I'm having a shitty day I'll, I'll let them know I'm, I'm struggling today because I think it's so important for people to talk about these things especially money trouble you know and what's going on in the world right now no one seems to talk wants to talk about it but mm. I, I think what you said about me do you know what I mean I can't yeah. I like what you said about Christmas actually because you were saying about, you know, be careful what you put out there and, and you know, all the lavishness and all the rest of it. Because there are people that yeah. have got, you know, they're not getting an income this year or, you know, it's dropped dramatically. And you've got to be careful and don't shove all this sort of Christmas consumerism yeah. down their faces. And I thought that was really good because you did it well. And I think, I think you're some people, to people took it the wrong way. Ugh, I mean, by whatever. all means... <laughs> show how happy you are show yeah. your joy and I and like every Christmas I always show the pile of presents I've given the kids I'm not going to do that this year uh, I've got I've got eight bags of bin I've got eight bags bin bags I've got to give to charity there because I was in a refuge you see and I'll never forget being nine years. I think this story's actually in the mirror today, actually. I've been reading it. About yeah. It. I was so reading that, it earlier. Yeah. yeah. You say, I don't know if it told you about Christmas. Yes, it does. It says about, and um, it says about how, the women you know, there was a woman up. in there who used to cook for you and look after you when your yeah. mum wasn't around. And... No, no, we've got this, we've got Reed home, me and my mum in this, in this house in Manchester, Viola Street, number 11. I'll never forget it. I must have been about nine. It was Christmas morning. We just got out this refuge and we had no furniture no decorations no nothing this is christmas morning and the two women who um run the refuge they do it to you know all these mums and they knocked on the door and they had this bin bag of secondhand stuff you know like a love heart smeller that you put in your knicker drawer and like cans of beans and corned beef in a tin and they had you know and we were so grateful and they had this batman game that was still brand new but they couldn't couldn't play it because it was too complicated, but I was so eternally grateful for that, that I do go OTT with the kids at Christmas. But when I was in Wimbs, I was sort of changing my Molly and Lilla. Um, like I was me, I found my real family for the very first time. I had brothers and sisters from my biological dad who died before I got to meet him. And the Scousers, like, and our right. mom said something like, are, are, they, are they poor? 
you oh. know, and I saw a change in, because yeah. it was at private school, there's in the I same know, class so as Paul's kids. And Cheshire set. So, so I took Molly and Lily to a refuge. I, I took him to say, look, you know, you kids have been born with a silver spoon, but I wasn't born like that. You know, not everyone's got two cars on the drive or a swimmer you know you're really lucky and thankfully since that moment my kids are extremely I mean I got my Heidi a phone for birthday she cried she was so grateful and so and that's appreciative how it should of be. it yeah yeah that's yeah. Should, how it should be and like it's the wrong color or when yeah no get a she cried she was so over the moon and all my children have been like even now like, I'll go to mom do you want some money she goes no no you keep your money it's fine mom you keep your money you know so I think there was a change in their attitude. And I just think this year with everything that's going on, and if I could help it, I mean, I'm getting messages, can you pay me rent for me from complete strangers? And if I could, I get suicide letters sent me all the time and all oh kinds of things. And I just think, I'm training to be a life coach as well, you see. Super, so I just, perfect. I just think if I could help more people, I would. But by all means, show what you've got for Christmas. Spread the love, but don't, don't do it in a... Oh, look what I've got kind of thing because a lot no. of people do that on Instagram don't they oh yeah. look, at, look at my Rolex and look at this and look at that and or like they get all the, the Christmas tree given to them and all the th- things yeah. you know for an I ad and they put it up I mean I know they get paid for it yeah I mean I think right now yeah. you know especially yeah. as with all the school dinners stuff you've just got to think I've about it talked yeah. about that as well yeah, yeah because I mean that's that should bring it home to all of us That I mean I was outraged with all of that but the fact that we've got kids in this country that it you know getting fed in the holidays ridiculous it's horrendous you know we we think we just switch on the telly and watch something abroad and it happens over in africa i think people walk around and think that yeah yeah it's happening here right now touch wood i've been very very blessed financially i'm in a really good place i'm on top of everything and i'll do my oh and i get sent a lot of freebies i get sent all kinds but i'm also i'm also one of these for promoting small businesses as well but you know what people are like on instagram oh yeah and no one actually sees the side of what i do for charity every time we go morrison's we buy a food bag you know i just gave 20 pound donated because it was on it was on the adverts for um oh I was in uh, captain of the uh, Salvation Army. I, I was in Salvation Army with my mum. I just donated to that, and every little bit helps, you know. And I've done all these bin bags for charity, and you know, all my kids hand me downs and things because I had hand me downs. All my stuff was off a car boot sale. Yeah. You well, know, so. it, and there's a lot of people that have that. You know, I don't mean to make us all sound old, but yeah. generation-wise, you know, I'm obviously sort of your age, Kerry. Yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was raised by my I grandparents. I just say you look great but, as well. You, oh, look, you look great as well, my dad. I feel ancient inside. I've been up since four with my toddler. But um, <laughs> thank you. But, you know, we didn't have all the things that they have now. Like, my daughter's no. seven, and um, the other day she said, my trainers are getting too small. And I said, all right, okay, I'm my brother has got a friend who works for Adidas and he gets like a massive discount. So literally yeah. it cost him nothing. So I said, well, talk to Uncle Wilf. And she went, no, I want Nikes, not Adidas. <sighs> and I just think to myself, and I said, well, you'll get what you're given. Given but and I you'll appreciate to, it. I never had any um, designer labels when no, I was I never. seven. I had those fucking awful pimpsels that yeah. <laughs> tennis shoes yeah. they used to call them or yeah. something I mean they just live in a different world I think and it is I mean, a generation yeah. thing as well 
I tell the I my nan, I live with my nan a better. I live with all kinds of family members. My nan used to get asked off of a car boot sale. I remember these kids had Reebok, and I got and my nan got me these three jumpers. I think there was like a, a green jumper, a grey jumper, a red jumper off this car boot sale, and I got some wool. And try to sew in Reebok so I could fit in with all the others. And then she got me some shoes and it gave me Verrucas. Oh! <laughs> Our hot mess mums telling it like it is. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. We'll be back with Kerry shortly, but let's have a quick chat about our friends at Swan. For any new listeners out there, Swan is an amazing British homeware company whose products are all very Instagram friendly. They sell everything, including coffee machines, air fryers, vacuum cleaners. You really can give your whole house a makeover with Swan's products. One thing I think is perfect for this time of year is their slow cookers. I've always got mine on the go. Um, There's nothing better than sticking a nice warming meal in there at the start of a cold day and then the whole family tucking into it that night. To check out this and more, just head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20 for 20% off. Yes. Kelly Pegg, Jenny Powell, Hot Mess Mums. Yeah, I said talking about breeding, you've done enough breeding with the dogs. Oh, I don't well, want not no with the dogs, more. but you don't want any more. What does Ryan say? Um has he got any, obviously no, your children are his children, but Yeah, he you know. hasn't we've been together for over two and a half years now and I've only just got, got engaged normally. Um engaged, pregnant, married and divorced in two and a half years. So I'm doing something different this time. Yay! <laughs> good. If I was to have another kid, you see, with DJ, DJ died when she was born. And I almost died. It was the most horrific thing I've ever been through. And my mum said something to me that she goes, actually, body telling you enough's enough, Kerry. You know, and now it's she's a lot to, to... Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> pure, pure evil she is now. If I was to do it again, because me and Ryan would make good-looking kids, and Ryan hasn't got any of his own, we have spoke about it, I'd probably go surrogacy. Right, yeah. Because okay. I think I'd be very selfish... So just do that for Ryan when I've got five beautiful kids and if something was to happen to me and then I, they're left without a mother um, and Ryan understands that and he, he, he's completely on board with it. But um, at the moment now, I, I think we're in such a good place at the minute. I think we want, I've been renting for 13 years. We want to own a house. We want to get married. We do You've need the enough. right way yeah. this time. Yeah. Do Don't rock I mean? the boat just yet. Yeah, yeah we're fine. all right. You know, I've, yeah. got, I've, got, I've got a load of kids here anyway. I feel like yeah, we're just... standing sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you, your last bird of the world was traumatic, wasn't it? It was a bit of a, you had a bit of a shocker, didn't you? Yeah, it that... was awful. The um, So when she, when DJ came out, I was old, you know, and I knew something. She was born with, I've not, she was born with six fingers on each hand, my DJ. Oh, wow. wow. That's, yeah. Don't so, know what to say. I, yeah, no, I dated someone once, my other half, when he, and she said, and, and, and he said she had six fingers. Oh, she hasn't got them anymore. No, oh, this girl did. But anyway, that's another story. We'll talk about that yeah. later. Well, <laughs> when, I was dating, when I was dating George, he was like a proper bad boy, and I was like sat on his knee, and I was like, oh, and what's that scar from? And he was like, from fighting. I'm like, ooh, and what's that scar from? He went, I was born with six fingers. I was like, what? So he was born with six, yeah, so it was hereditary. He used to try to tell me it, was, it meant royalty from his tribe. He was full of shit. Um, 
it, it was just weird. <laughs> so she was, but, but when she came out, I was holding her. I thought she, she's not breathing, and I actually gave her to Georgia. I never said anything. It was the weirdest thing. And I thought I, I was. I think I, I froze, and George said, "You know, this baby's not breathing." But because I, my placenta erupted inside, oh, she was concentrating on me, and ah. she pressed this buzzer, this red, big red button, and this crash team came in, and, and they're doing a little CPR on her chest like this, and I, oh, it was it was the most horrific thing ever. And th then they had to operate on me straight away, so I went one way, and the baby went another. But George decided to stay with me because in his head he was like, I don't know this baby. Yeah, but you I know. know yeah. I want to stay, stay with, with my wife. Yeah. And he actually carried me in the operating room and they operated on me and they, they, they came in, they said, have you, give, have you given her a name? As if to say, she's not going to make it. Have you right, give her a name? name and her. I could hear all these mums with their babies that all crying and I was, I was, it was the most horrific thing I've ever experienced. And she was on, she was on life support for four days and then she made a complete recovery. Now she's just a little shit. <laughs> But you dote on her, like you say, because with DJ, I presume, because, you know, with what happened um, with George, etc., yeah. and so soon um, as well, um, mm. I suppose for you, you're... I felt it when um, I got divorced, actually, or my, my husband left when, when Pollyanna was 10 weeks old. Mm. It was like, right, well, it's just me. She's mine. Mm. She's just mine. She's no one else's now because I have this responsibility. I'm accountable now. It's just me. I mean, your, your situation's... Um, much more dramatic than mine mm. but you get that feeling and I think it's so intense and 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 if, you know you even saying oh I molly coddle DJ but that's okay mm. so you should and it's a natural thing I think yeah it is but there's also that point as well where am I making a rod for my own back here <laughs> do you know what I mean oh bear with me there's somebody at nope. the door I do apologize no, don't, don't worry don't <laughs> worry oh she's such a lovely girl she is lovely she is good. yeah just just a postman with a letter that isn't even for me oh god i hate yeah. it when they do that and yeah. they read the addresses wrong <laughs> it well the guy who owns this house because i've only moved here in march it, it's for him anyway but that's not very exciting that's not going to get you ratings up <laughs> let me tell you about when i was doing drugs there we go yeah that's what... <laughs> <laughs> i've never had any i don't you know what do you need your crackers what? is it <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes thing though, when I think, God, I mean, I, I'm nutty anyway. Do you know what I mean? And I, I sometimes think, God, I was absolutely crackers on that stuff. But the reason why I was doing drugs was just to fill this void of loneliness, of self worth, of you know, it. it, it the drugs became my best friend. Really, it was the only thing I, I could rely on because no one else is there. Everybody else was doing it who was around, like my mum. You know, yeah. I'd go around with my mum's. My mum go, should we get a bag of coke? That's how it yeah. was. That that wow. is how it was. And I thought people who didn't do drugs were snobs. Mm. I'm not a snob. And, I just didn't know. But, <laughs> but that, that, <laughs> I didn't know any. From the age of fourteen, my mum was a lesbian, and I went in toilet with a, I followed her and a girlfriend. And she was in toilet for ages, and I thought, and I was only allowed to supervise visits with my mum at the time. But I snuck off to see her because she's my mum, and she had this bag of white powder in her hand, and I was like, well, "What are you? What's that? What are you doing, shrimp?" It's sherbet and put it in my mouth and it was speed. So I just thought, I had a great time. I loved it. I thought, oh, this is great, isn't it? 
And I honestly got, I thought, well, this is what you do. Mm. This is how is that now with you? You know, as you, you know, you're 40, you know, you're a mum yourself. It's when you become a mother that you really look at your own mother, Mm. don't you? You look at them differently. Yeah, Um, I mean, that continued with my mum for like, like Brian was my knight in shining armour in the respect that he took me from Warrington to an island to get me away from it all, you know. But there were times that I knew me more. I mean, I re- I went to rehab and I ring me mum up and she's like, oh, just having a few lines of coke, you know. And then I end up marrying my mum's drug dealer, Mark Croft. <laughs> Of course you do. Steven Spielberg couldn't write this shit. <laughs> I was going to say, he'd be shocked, <laughs> wouldn't he? He's like, I'm sorry, it's a great script. I mean, but who would ever believe that? I mean, you know, it people is. can't. Honestly, yeah. I, I met Mark. Mark was dropping drugs off for me, Mum, when I was in the living room. I've been clean for six weeks from rehab. And when it's there, it's there. And I end up marrying. Mark should have just been a fling, a one-night stand kind of thing. You know, you're taking drugs, you're chatting shit in this flat. But I got two amazing kids from it, so I can't have it. Yeah, exactly. He has nothing to do with the children. He hasn't seen the children. Nothing at all? Nothing whatsoever. Are you happy about that, though? I I mean, in terms of the kids. Yeah, I know what you mean. But also in the fact, I never get a break. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I never have a day off from being a mum. There's no, oh, you're going to your dad's at weekend. You know, but that is what it is. I think he took me to court because he wanted to see Max and Heidi. I hadn't seen them in about six years. I didn't have a problem with that, but my my fight was it's got to be consistent. You can't just say you want to see the kids and then not turn up and then because Max has issues, he's got um I'm actually I'm with Cam's on Friday with my son actually. Um I'm very open and honest about all the I think people need I mean, I didn't know any of these issues. I have to talk to other people to you know understand it and stuff and let people know that you're not on your own, you know, it's not just you, you going through it. And Max has a load of issues and I said I said to the barrister, I said, Well, he can see the kids, but he's gonna have to come down south. The kids aren't just gonna go up to his house at weekend where he has they haven't seen him for years and Max needs his mum. So if he gets a hotel comes and picks the children up, and he wouldn't do that. So he only wanted to see Heidi, not Max. And I was like... You know, I don't understand. I don't understand how they can pick that. And isn't it funny how a lot of men, and I know I've got a friend who went through something similar to that, yeah. they pick the daughter. Mm. Yeah, I, I find that very, really strange. That can be hard work when he was little. And, he, and he, the barrister asked me to say, ask Heidi to say she's staying at a friend's house... I said, so you're asking me to tell my daughter to lie to her brother because Mark can't handle his son. Is that what you're saying to me? Uh-uh, no, it's one I'll never heard of him again. And that was last time we heard of him. I never heard of him again. So that is what it is. I think Heidi's at that age now, especially when George died, because he called George dad, because, uh, you know, he was in Max's life. Well, I was with George for six years. And I think that when George died, Heidi started going on about Mark. I said, look, if you want it to happen, I said, you're going on the voice, right? I won't be surprised now, Heidi, if they try and get in touch, because she was on the voice, my Heidi. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. You see, this is this is where I know what I, I did wrong. As a child, Kel, I didn't want to be rich and famous. I wanted to be a mum. I wanted to be a wife. I wanted that family unit. That That's what I wanted more than anything. So when Brian left me, I and because my mum rejected me as a child and I went in foster home, I was like, it, it, must, it must be me. And I felt not only a failure as a wife, I felt a failure as a mother that Molly and Lily now got this 
broken home and that was my dream that was shattered but I was pushing it on them that when Mark proposed I was like yeah I just got to get married I get and that give him kids and, and create that family unit and that yeah. did work and then I did it with George create that family unit and, uh, it, you know and then I was on my own for two years and I got into yoga got into meditation I, I started really what reading the secret and all my self-help books and I started to educate myself and think you keep doing the same thing Kerry you're gonna keep getting the same results and I had to really work on me and learn to love me before getting in a relationship with anybody it was all up and down with Ryan at first I was like am I ready for this I you know it scared me because I didn't want to have another failed relationship I didn't want to have a you know have kids or get married and I pushed that on my children it took me took me to the age of 36 for me to actually realize my kids are happy with just me of course they are and and it took me a long time yeah and I think that's so understandable I think it's so relatable to so many women out Mm. there so many women who've gone through similar things to you and it Mm. takes sometimes having your own family and being in your 30s 40s for everything to kind of start mm. to click and for you yeah. to look at things and start to learn to love you a bit more mm. I think it's I think it's far more commoner than people realize or talk about yeah and as I think well. because of my childhood and I never had a dad I had a stepdad so when I was born you ready for this so when I was born the guy who I called dad his dad was my granddad but my mum left the guy who I called dad for my granddad and married him. So my dad became my brother and my granddad became my dad. Then she left him for a woman and it turned out none of them was my dad. You with me? I wasn't yeah. ready for it. You know when I said I was, I wasn't. No. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You, you're, you, when you tell these stories, right, this is something I've picked up. You're so, you're so bubbly and you yeah. say it with such like laughter you and fun. To. And we're laughing with yeah. you. Yeah. But there's hairs on the back of my neck at the same time yeah. that are standing up because you've been through just so so fucking much yeah I I think as well that's why I I don't mind telling the story as well because I think so many people just think oh she fucked up that was it she was on this morning she you know just a car and it it wasn't and for me I had to look at at the the root cause of where what what is it I'm doing wrong where and it was a massive thing that I had to dissect myself and you know I had to have therapy I had to work it all out but again I, I refer back humor has always been my defense mechanism I might, I've never ever got upset over my past I've, I've recently just done a tv show a big tv show I can't I can't tell you what it is. And uh, on the is it the one with Stephen? Is it the one with Stephen Bailey? Oh no, no the farm. I did the farm, but no, I did oh, the right oh, farm. Oh, right, it's not that well. one. So I was away for the whole of October. Yeah. And we did this master interview, mm. and um, I thought I was over George and his death, and you know, it was like, how was it telling a five-year-old a dad died, and you know, what was your childhood like? And for two days after, all I did was cry. All I did, I, I thought, what's up with me? This, this isn't, and it's almost like I, I, I had compassion, not sympathy for myself. I had a little bit of compassion for that little carer who was a little kid. Of course. My first, my, I watched my mum slit her wrist at the age of three. You know, that's why I've got Molly and Lily on, on my wrist because I thought I've got bipolar. My mum's got manic depressive. She's alcoholic. You know, she went down the drug route. She always was always trying to kill herself, my mum. And I thought, you know, if that's something that's going to happen to me, I'm go- I, I just remember that feeling that self-worth of not feeling good enough. <laughs> are not 
anybody wanting me kind of thing so when i went to rehab i actually i wrote on my wrists um, my children's names in bio and i thought well if, if it is genetic and i do try and do that i'd have to cut through my kids names and i feel what a selfish person i would be to do that to my children because i remember how it made me feel you know i sat there one time and gave me all the pissing pills here take him take them all Take him, I made a take him all. I went, right, I'll phone you an ambulance. I've got my GCSE exams tomorrow. I'm off. I'll meet you at the hospital tomorrow. And that's the last time she did it. No. Well, in I my can, presence anyway. I can I see saying. why you became a star, though, in your own right. And you were in um, Atomic Kitten and, and all of that. Because you have a, a quality about you, a grit. You know, mm. just talking to you. Uh, Jenny said it earlier. Do not me tits, is you it, Kel? No. <laughs> You shine. You yeah. do shine. I, I genuinely so you, mean that. Yeah, I think when you were in the lineup of uh, I'm a Celebrity, I remember watching it and saying, yeah. she'll win it. She will win it because she's yeah, real. Yeah. And she's That's a 17 years ago. I know. Wow. I can't believe it. And I, I do remember thinking, because she's got, you know, she's got it. She's relatable. And you are, um, Carrie, and you should never... You know, you're, you're a shining light for a lot of people out there who are struggling uh, and because of your experiences. And, and also what's interesting is, is you've really helped yourself a lot. And I think that's great for people to know. I can see that, yeah, you, you, you might have had therapy and, and, you know, been sent to this person and that person and this. Extra, I've not had that much therapy, believe it or not. No, I think you've, you've worked a lot of it out yourself. And I mm, do think that's, that's also to do with obviously being 40. Um, I think, you know, the next couple of decades, you'll find that, you know, you'll really come into, you know, into your own. And I think, you know, you've got nothing but amazing, lovely things to happen. Um, I think that's that's another thing as well, why I'm very open and honest, because there's been times I felt suicidal when I went bankrupt. I was like, how am I going to look after these little people who are relying on me? And I've had letters sent, I've had suicide letters. And the thing is, if I can get through that with the media watching as well and everybody turning the, turning the backs on me, if I can get through that and pull through it, anyone can. And I'm, I'm so eager to encourage people to talk. I mean, my kids, I love my kids. They're the reason I get up in the morning, but they're also the pissing reason why I cry in bathroom. <laughs> and you only oh. get worse as they get older. You know? I know, everyone keeps saying that. We only get Yeah, yeah. I, I, loads of people tell me that. We're at this cusp at the minute of going, are we going to try for one more and have three? And I, I don't know what's wrong with me because my husband's like, let's just do it. Just get on with it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. And I'm just like, I need... I need time. What time do you need? I just need time. Because yeah. some days I'm pulling my hair out. I've got a seven-year-old, a nearly three-year-old. Yeah. And I, and I think, and I don't have any parents, so yeah. I don't have anyone to take them. You know, my, my in-laws are great, but my God, they're nearly 80. They can't hack them. Yeah. You know, it's like, shit, if I have this one more, that's another three years of nappies, not yeah. going out, working on getting my body back, uh, sleepless bloody nights. I mean, what, you know. since I was 20. <laughs> You, you know, she's been pregnant when I had Molly. You know, I'm just permanently at the duff. I'm permanently at the duff, Carrie. I just think I like shagging. <laughs> oh, oh, now you see, we differ there. I, I really don't. Kelly's so asked. not into it. She can't no. be bothered. She I really can't I, be bothered. I think I had my first daughter, and I think I lost a bit of you know the sparkle in myself, yeah. and I don't think I've got that back yet. Um, so it, to have a baby <laughs> has to be planned. Later, I'm still looking for it myself. 
You've got a toy boy. You're all right. Mine's an old duffer. I tried to get him to do yoga the other day and he couldn't bloody did touch his it? toes. Oh, I was disgusted with him. Did yeah, he, he do tr- it he, he, he tried, but right. he can't bend. And it was all... And he, oh, ow. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I said, you need to sort your shit out. Like, you're getting on and you're yeah. not looking after yeah. yourself. This He's is not good enough. Yeah. yeah. I said, I'm not pushing you around in a wheelchair in 20 years' time, so fucking well, do something I about it. When I don't Set your stall out. Yeah. When I don't do my yoga and I don't train, I suffer up even more. Yeah, and you I do, don't my you? mental health drops as well. Yeah, yep, yeah. Massively, massively drops. But going back to my mum as well, I just want to make it really clear. I love my mum to bit. She's completely, she still drinks. You know, I've got to accept who my mum is. You know what I mean? She's not going to change. Uh, but she went through a period of, like, she doesn't do drugs or anything like that now anymore. Um, when we um, must got rehab people to come and see, she completely changed. And the first lockdown came in. I think a lot of people started drinking again, didn't they, really? I think, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's, she, yeah. She, she, she's back drinking it and stuff like that. But I love my mum to bits. You know, my mum's coming for Christmas. I can't wait for her to come and see her. She only, she only mum I've got. You know, and she's what it is. And a lot of people find it really hard how you can forgive your mum. But, but my mum had, she wasn't, my mum had a terrible childhood. Terrible. No one taught her or shown her. I had wonderful foster parents, my last set of foster parents. Um, they they were great. And I think I, I, I broke that cycle. I like to think I broke that cycle a little bit. But, you know, I had kids and I continued to do drugs. You know, it's something I'm not proud of. Uh, but I'm really blessed and respect that my kids didn't have a clue. They was they was clueless that I had this documentary come out called Kerrigstone Coming Clear. And in this documentary, it was a 90-minute special. It shown the News of the World video of me snorting the coke. It, I was crying a lot in this documentary. My kids have never seen me cry at this point. And I sat Molly and Lily down and I said to them, I'm going to show you something now, this, this TV show that I've done. I said... And I want you to watch it because it's coming out and you're going to be going into school and people are going to be saying things to you. I said, so I want you to watch it, but I want you to realise that that isn't your mummy anymore. And anything you want to ask me, ask me. And they sat on the couch and we were being filmed for my reality show, showing them. And I sat behind the kids. I remember this big red onesie on and I had these big fat tears just coming down my face. That, that shame, the embarrassment. The, oh, it was horrible. And both the girls sat and watched it. And at the end of it, I said, ask me anything you want. And they was just like, when did all this happen? You know, you know, I said, well, I kept it from them. She went, well, so you've been living this secret life. Why didn't you tell us? Because this is the difference with me, my mum. I've always been the mum. My mum's been the daughter. And I said to him, I said, because I'm the mum and these aren't your problems. She goes, so you've been going through this all those years and you never told us. I said, well, no, because it's not your problem. So I think that's where I differ with my mum. And you've well, broke the cycle. Yeah, you're yeah. forty, and look at you. Yes. You don't. You don't drink. You work out, and you're healthy. You're yeah. raising awareness about all this. All you don't yeah. do drugs. You have broke this. You know where. Mm. So you are completely different because yeah. it's so easy when you've got a parent who's been an addict mm. to worry your whole life, especially when you have kids, that you're going to be the same. You know, I and, mean, and I think loads of women mom, can relate to that. Your mum hasn't got a purpose, really. You know, I, I ring my mum up now, and it's. 20 to 1 in the afternoon and she's not up and I'm like mum you know for me if I wake up I've got to get up because yeah. that was a trigger for me when I was with Mark Croft I'd stay in bed for days I wouldn't wash I, and that's so I don't like the only time I go to my bedroom is when I'm going to bed now so if I wake up at 5 I'm up 
I'm up and I'm out. But I understand my mum as well, and I've got I can't be so judgmental to because my mum's got my mum's all the way up in Warrington. She's got nothing to get up for. She's on the sick. She's on benefits. You know, she's not. She's got all these elements wrong with her. And I think well, that's just how she is, and she's happy of how she is. So I, I've got to accept who she is. Do you find having that distance between you is good for you? And I mean that with the utmost respect. God, yes. And my mum can tell you that. I I love my mum to bits. I love going with my mum. She waits on me hand and foot. I'll lie in her bed. She only lives in a one-bedroom council flat. I'll get my mum's. I love getting in bed. We watch our film. She'll cut me chips and stew steak, which I love. Um, But any longer than a week and we're at each other's throat. It's the same with me and Molly. My 19, she'll come home and we get on great. And I think a lot of people are like that with the parents, really, aren't they? But the difference with, with, with my mum is it was like when me and Brian split up. I've never experienced press like it in my life. Obviously, I had to move back to England from Ireland. And the press and the paparazzi, I, I bought my mum this terrace house before I moved to Ireland. So she wasn't in a council flat anymore. And I'm around my mum's and there's like 40 it's like Coronation Street. It's like one of those streets in Warrington. It's like 40 paparazzi outside my mum's. And my mum's like, it's with a I can't handle this. Oh, my God. You know, and I'm, I'm going, mum, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. No one's asking how I am. You know, I'm going, do you want a bag of coke? Do you want some? It was almost like I was buying my mum's love and buying my mum's affection in a respect that I got to a point where I've just enough's enough. And this is how my... And I didn't speak to my mum for years because she sold a story on me. And that, for me, was... That was it then. You're so, I, do you know, I cannot imagine though, can you, Jenny, that and then still being as lovely and as Aww. gracious and as caring as you are about her because she wasn't the parent mm, to you. She wasn't. And you're just, you're the, you know, to be the way yeah. you are and to speak with so much love. Yeah. Um, because you know holding on to things only makes us bitter forgiveness yeah, the it bigger does. thing you've to do you've got to let it go you know it I takes a lot I'm 40 now and life's really bloody short do you know what I mean how do I want to be remembered when they put that last nail in my coffin I want my conscience to be clear I don't want to hold grudges against people I don't I, I, you know it, it's like you know I was completely nutly humiliated car crash tv the interview on this this morning you know i was so angry at itv and philip and fern and and i still am and <laughs> joking. fair enough but i know i'm joking i get on great with them all now but for me it was i was angry at the world really you know if i went on this morning slurring my words and i was in a wheelchair I had a limb missing and he had three degree burns on my face and i was slurring and they'd be like why is your speech slur because of all this that you can visually see. Oh, God love her. Oh, bless her. Oh, you know. But But because it's a mental health issue and you can't visually see what's wrong with me. Oh, she's pissed off. Now, when I sat on this morning and Foon had it in for me straight away because I fell out with Max Clifford at the time and she sat there with OK Magazine, right? Watch it back. And she goes, you know... um, you say, you know, okay, magazine, you've worked with him a lot, Kerry, you know, you know, and it says, hey, you're in Marbella on this photo shoot and you're necking shots. I'm like, around the pool, do you, do you think you're an alcoholic? And I was like, I'm 28 years of age on holiday yeah. with my friend, without my children. What else do you do in Marbella apart from neck bloody shots? Yeah. You know, and that's what you do on all You know, and I was like, I don't know what you're getting at. But for me, my speech was normal because when I used to film the Iceland adverts, 
we used to have to film a bit later for my speech to catch up because I was on clopromazine, zopacone, effects. I was on all kinds of things. And I'll admit, I've shoved enough shit up my nose. I've drank till cows come home. I've got no reason to lie or hide anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and then Philip was like, you know, your speech is a, a bit slur. And I started, because I could see where the interview was going. I, I, I panicked. I panicked. I was like, I've got, you know, why is that? I said, well, I've got an illness called bipolar. It's my medication. Isn't it, Mark? And not once do they say to me, what's bipolar, Kerry? And what uh, medication are you on? No, not once. Right, no. And that was... Because it wasn't oh, their agenda, I presume. Sorry? It wasn't their agenda. They didn't. They weren't interested in Yeah, that. and I remember getting in the lift. I had my reality show with my thought. I was like, oh, I can fucking see what's going on. I, I can see papers now. I can see what's happening now. I remember my psychiatrist from the Priory telling me, let him know you've had a drug problem, let him know you've had a drink problem, but don't tell him you've got mental health issues because if they can't see something, they're not going to understand it, Kerry. And they didn't. No. And it's taken 10 years. Even now, there's a meme of me going around on TikTok. I think That's it was disgusting. Gem- I think it was Gemma Lucy. And the caption is, you remember when Kerry Katona was off a nut on this morning? And the meme is my voice, my speech, the, the, the thing of me on this morning and her mime into it. So what I did was, I was getting all these DMs about it. I went, Molly. Go get me that bottle of champagne that someone sent the year before at Christmas. Go get it me, please. Mother gets it me out, I opens it, I said, and I film her. And so I filmed me miming to my voice <laughs> like everyone else was doing because everyone was doing this meme on TikTok or whatever it was and it's just a big fat fingers up. I owned it. I owned it. So no one then went and took the piss out of me because they couldn't yeah. because I Good owned for it. You. It was done. Good for you. You know, you know, you know how to deal with all this now, but boy, it's taken a lifetime, I'm sure. And it's just, you know, for us all, the rest of us, it's exhausting just to think how, you know, you I was suicidal. Yeah, you didn't have anyone yeah. on your side. I was suicidal. I, no I was one, Kerry. It was awful. I mean, the, the news at World made me more famous than anything. You know, I was on the front cover of that magazine of the newspaper. Every other week it was. Um, you know, my husband set me up with a camera in my bathroom snorting the coke. It was like, there's nobody. And I, I wouldn't mind. I wasn't even doing drugs. I've been, for me, when I was doing drugs, I'd have a line I couldn't stop. So I'd, I'd have one on a Friday till Tuesday, raving nonstop, you know, in someone's flat off your head. That, that's what it was. It wasn't like I got up every day and was on it. And Mark had just cheated on me. And it was all in the papers. There was a video of him with this girl. And this bloke said, look, I've got evidence here, blah, 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 blah. He said, but I want you to have a line. And my kids was in the garden playing. This is in Wimslow. I said, I don't want any drugs. Just give me this evidence that you've got so I can see what these girls are up to with, with Mark. Or what. He said, anyway, I ended up having a line of coke just so I could get this paper. And it turned out it was Mark's handwriting and Mark was in on it and he put this camera. And I thought, you know what? I, was I thought, the amount of shit I've shoved up my nose and they got me on one bloody line of coke. Wow. <laughs> Set and up. And it was just like, this just... Uh, I feel like everyone just wants to make money out of me and sell mm. stuff on me. That I was, I was suicidal. It was horrible. It was it's horrible. despicable. And when, and I mean, obviously, there was you of that kind of ilk and what you went through. And the only other person I always think about who was in a similar position, but I'd say probably hasn't quite come through it like you have, was hey. Daniela Westbrook. Oh, Daniela Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I saw an interview with her recently. She did a podcast. It's an investigative podcast. Yeah, and he, I've and seen he, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I cried. 
and yeah. the things she was saying I, I was and I was talking about it to my husband he's like oh fucking hell what have you mm. been watching now yeah but, no, but I was very sad yeah, yeah and I, 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 I but she doesn't seem to have come through it like no. you yeah. have and there's yeah. a lot I think what what you have to do is and and this is it's I moved away. Not everyone's fortunate to do that, but it's almost like when you're in a tribe and you try and better yourself, but the tribe keep pulling you back because every time I was better trying to better myself, it was just a reminder that the people around me, they wasn't going anywhere and they didn't like it. So they try and keep you at that level. You know, my mum was one of them, the circle of friends around us, they, they was all the same, that every time I tried to, they, they bring you back down because it was a reminder yeah. for themselves that, they're going nowhere with their lives and they don't yeah. want to... And they wanted to drag you down to, with them. Yeah, they just want to keep you there. Yeah. So I had to be drastic and just leave. And that's what I had to do. Was so there anyone back then, though, anyone who you would say through thick and thin has always been there? Anyone at all? No. A friend or... Yes. No one? Me. Is, be your own hero, Jen. <laughs> I love that. It's so true, though, isn't it? It is. I mean, it is. When you look back, yeah, your best, your real, the, the one person you can count on forever. It's yourself. Is you. And I think always. I was and so. I think that's the thing you have to tell the kids. Yeah, and I think I was so so desperate to be loved. I really, really was. I just, I just wanted to be loved by everybody. That it's taken me a long time to realise that your opinion of me don't matter. It's not. I don't give a shit what you think of me anymore. It's. It's about what I think, and it took me a long, long time. I wanted everybody to love me. Of course you it did. It doesn't work like that. And now I have to tell no. my kids, other people's opinion of you, it's not your bloody business what they think of you, Heidi. You know, it doesn't matter what these strange people behind this computer, it doesn't matter. And it, it can still affect you every now and then, but it it's taken me so, so long to love me and I couldn't get in a relationship with Ryan until I now Ryan enhances my happiness I don't rely on him for it it's a big difference whereas like when me and George split up I, I know he's dead now but when we, he was alive I thought it was like a death because I tried to give him some of my power so he felt equal to me because of what I did for a living but he ended up taking it all from me that I was like so I just don't I can't function you know, he did the skill runs, he did the cleaning, but it was all a very controlling thing, you see, because George beat shit out of me. But you, you, you surround yourself with people that you believe that's what you deserve. That's what you deserve. And that's what I felt like I deserved. And I, I got put in foster home because my mum's fella told us it was Freddy Krueger, right? He stabbed me mum, I pulled the knife out of the leg, he was going to chop us up, put us in the fridge, blah, 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 and all this. I got put in foster home. And I remember saying to me mum, you can go through that a million times, but once is enough for me. And my mum said I lied about it. I got put in foster home. And he ended up doing the same bloody thing as what my mum did. And I remember saying to my mum, I get now why you found it so difficult to leave, Dave. For six years, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd have black eyes. And I get it, it's almost like they groom you. Like, I'd get a good idea and I'd be on my hands and knees in a praying position saying, Shut, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. I don't, don't fuck all wrong. But you don't realise that at the time. So I end up doing exactly the same as what my mum did and that's the one thing I will never forgive myself for letting my children see the bruises on my face I, and I profusely apologize to both Molly and Lily Max and Heidi were too young that I make them shh go straight upstairs to your bedroom you know that I did what my mum just did 
you know, and that's one thing I can never forgive myself for. But I've had to learn to accept it, deal with it. Things happen for a reason. It's a process. I am now where I'm supposed to be. It happens. You are, and, and you've been through. Yeah, and you've been through more than you know most people. And at the end of the day, when you talk about you know being loved and everything else, when mm. you're kids, I see this with my children. You look up to your parents, you rely on them, they mm. make you feel safe, you know that they love you, mm. you've got their support. When you don't have that, the effects that that then ha- can have throughout your later life, mm-hmm. you know, so when you talk about not forgiving yourself mm. for that, mm. I think your girls will always understand. I mean, know? it's hard and, and it actually upset me when I did this master interview not long ago. It really got to me because it's not easy being Kerry Katona's kid. Do you know what I mean? Even to this day, my 13-year-old and my 12-year-old son, your mum's a cokehead. You know, your mum's an OnlyFans, your mum's this, your mum's that. And I think, I said to Heidi, I said, Heidi, if I didn't do OnlyFans, right, I only get my tits out. I started off as a pay three model, I'm relaxed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? My kids know I'd do it. My Molly took my first set of pictures. I don't get my nunny out. No one wants to see that after five kids. Um... <laughs> And I started off as a pay three model and I locked down. So I said to Heidi, I said, Heidi, if I didn't do that and I didn't go on TV now, but I was still famous and I start, and I went to be a lollipop lady, they'll still take the piss out you, babe. If I went to be a dinner, they'll still take the piss out you, sweetheart. It doesn't matter what I do, they're going to take the piss out of you. So you've got to be strong. You know who I am. You know you're loved. You know you've got a great house. You've got a great life. And it's very, very difficult for my children. That hurts me because my kids are constantly being blamed and punished for my past mistakes. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And that is, oh, God, absolutely. Yeah. And in a I way... Do. Molly and Lily, they're very, very strong, very tough. And, you know, they went through it at school. And I I get it. And it's very, very difficult for them. But in a way, not that I'm glad. I hope it toughens them up a little bit. They will learn things from it, certainly. And they'll get strengths from it. And I think also they'll be hugely emotionally intelligent, you know. Mm. No, they are. They're they're really great, great kids. They really are bloody great kids. All available free to a good home. (laughs) <laughs> Producer well, Callum is sending me a message saying, Kelly, it's time to wrap this oh, up. We've oh, done it. We could speak for ages. Oh, no, I think just we sorry. Do it again. It's great. I think yeah, we well, should I, do another one. Um, yeah. like well, I think year. this would probably be two episodes yeah. as well because yeah, this right is so good. Yeah. I think we it's should really. Perfect. It's wonderfully I, powerful. You know, oh, and good. I think. And he only did it for free because it was starstruck by Jenny Powell. <laughs> <laughs> You lucky, oh. lucky people on the gift that keeps giving. Oh, well, I'm honoured. I truly am. And you've been nothing but a pleasure to talk to you, yeah. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm just so glad for it. you. I'm genuinely so happy for you, honestly. Aww. I was reading up on you a bit last night. I thought, do you know what? That girl, because all through your career, I think I met you on Stars in Their Eyes. Yeah, I did do stars oh, in the ride. We did it. It was 2000. What is the Millennium one? I yeah, think we were sitting on a sofa. I was Janet Jackson, and I'm sure you were on that one. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I was mean, Marilyn Monroe. It was with Trisha Primrose I did it with. Yeah, was David Ginnaller on it? Or maybe we were in the studio at the same time. I was definitely sitting on a sofa with you backstage at Celebrity Stars in the Rise. Uh, maybe, maybe you thought it was Janet Jackson. <laughs> Maybe you thought it was Kerry Katona. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Gosh, you see, we're going to have to, we're going to, to, we're going to have to sort this one out next time we have a chat. Because yeah. I just think I was looking back at everything. And I thought, you know what, that girl, she deserves to be nothing but happy. And I think your kids Aww. are very lucky kids because you, you've. You really have been and seen and done it all, Kerry. But do you know what? The proof's in the pudding. And all these reality shows you've been on, right, people love you because they yeah. know. Deep down, people do. We all do. And from the bottom of my heart, I'm with you all the way. And you can come on this and, you know, for free. Oh, I'd love to have you back. Yes. <laughs> no, but you must come back and catch up with us. And oh, we'd love well, to thank take you, you out for having for lunch me, ladies. I, I yeah. really loved yeah. it. And I love a good chinwag. Um, yeah, it's been and it's been bloody great. <laughs> oh, huge love, Kat. I hope you have a lovely Christmas, and we will oh. see you for that lunch. Yes, and send your love to mum at Send my love to your mum. I will. Yeah, Bye. send lots of love. Thank Thanks, you, Kerry. Kerry. Thank Bye. you so much. Thank you. The Hot Mess Mums, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. Oh, smashing. Thanks to Kerry and also thanks to Swan for sponsoring this episode. If you fancy giving your home a bit of a refresh at the start of the year, then make sure you go and check out their gorgeous products. Just visit swanbrand.co.uk today. 